Howdy! Welcome to episode 9 of the Main Line of Beyond with Mark Singer. Tonight's guest is jazz, funk, jam, guitarist extraordinaire Danny Mayer. Uh, we get into some deep discussions about music, tone, musical influences, his projects like On the Spot Trio, Star Kitchen, and the newest one, Great Eastern Sun, debuting at Garcia's on March 17th, St. Patty's Day, for a little pre-show before Phil Lesh and Friends. As always, all shows are brought to you by ilovemarksinger.com. I'm your local go-to neighborhood realtor. If anyone has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out about how to buy or sell a home. And thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? How's everyone doing tonight? Um, We're on to episode nine of The Main Line and Beyond with Mark Singer. And I'm pretty excited about the show tonight. My friend Danny Mayer, uh, who uh, has uh, we've known each other for quite a while. It's an interesting story, um, and uh, he was supposed to be on Monday, but you play you were playing in Asbury Park. Yep, yep. How was that? It was great, man. It's, I've been doing like there's this band uh, Ocean Avenue Stompers, and okay. you know those dudes? I haven't heard of them. It's this guy Ian Gray, he's a trombone player. Okay, he was in uh, Corey Wong's band for a while. Oh, yeah. For sure. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has this band, Ocean Avenue Stompers, and they've been kind of hiring me to do, like, random Monday nights. They have a weekly thing there, and, like, I kind of just get to pick and choose which ones I want to do. Okay. But this week, it was like, they weren't a bind. It was like, I need you, bro. So, so I got out there. Nice. Asbury yeah. Park's a cool scene. It seems to be a cool scene. I haven't really gotten there. So I was like, it was sort of asking you in question, but it seems that way. A lot of music venues. There's some, ba- I mean, I've toured through there with bands, but I've never really hung there ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, man, it seems to be like a hip little town. It kind of reminds me of Santa Cruz a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. there's just kind of, it's like artsy. There's definitely some hippies, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's definitely music venues and um but this dude, Ian, he's like kind of like got this whole scene dialed there. He just knows a bunch of musicians and kind of like he just puts bands together. And uh, mm. it's been cool to get to know some people through there. I've met like some ridiculous musicians through him. Nice. Yeah. Which so venue was it again? Dude, it's a spot called the R Bar. And it's just like a it's it's a restaurant that has like this little stage up on the side of it. And uh-huh. it's just people like half the night people are sitting there eating dinner. Uh-huh. And then it turns, you know, 10 or 9, <clears throat> nine o'clock at night, and people start showing up and like start partying. That's Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Beach towns. Beach people, towns. That I feel like they're like, you know, always a little more vibrant in some ways. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a cool vibe there, for sure. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, the first time we crossed paths was way back. You know, I was living in Havertown in my mom's basement at the time. I don't even know if you remember this, but I had just, you know, I was pretty new to playing. So I, you know, and I had a little setup and you just picked up my guitar and like, hey, this guy's pretty good. You know? I had like, I remember you saying that to me, like when we reconnected at some point, you're like, hey man, you remember playing in my mom's basement at one point? And oh, okay. It was like so far back in there. Yeah. That was like, right. oh my God, I kind of do remember that. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, of course I remember that. But it's, it's a deep, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it sure was, for sure. It's deep back in the Rolodex. 
totally. memories back there. But but we were so you were living up in New England, and that's where you were kind of getting more into playing with bands and things like that. The New England stint was my. It was like, I I was telling you, I was like on farms and shit there. Right. And I wasn't playing. I was like, I had an acoustic and every once in a while I'd pick it up and, but like, I wanted to play bad. And the lack of music up there is really what kind of propelled me to pursuing it even more. There was just nobody to play with up there. Right. So I was like, fuck, man, I really want to play. I really want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if there was like a community of musicians up there, I may have never left. I just like stayed and found my little niche, but it was a, it was a pretty barren scene for music up there when I was living there. So it kind of forced me to just get the fuck out and start trying to actually pursue it. Got it. You know? Because you grew up in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. But not so much music for you down there at the time. No, Florida... I was getting in trouble. <laughs> I was getting in trouble down there, and I, I got sent to a boarding school okay. in, in New Hampshire, Okay, which is how I ended up in Vermont. Got it. So I left Florida when I was like 16. Okay. You know, so I wasn't even, I mean, I was starting to play. I'd seen The Grateful Dead a couple times and was like, okay. I, just, I was like way in, you know, uh-huh. I saw Jerry and the band for Nice. Like a three-night run in Miami. In Miami, okay. When I was like 14. I okay. just turned 14. And it fucking blew my mind and kind of sent me in a hole. But I started getting in trouble after that. I you know, Because there was no other like hippies in Florida tuned into that scene. You know what I mean? And I kind of came out of those shows being like, I've seen this whole other world that oh, none it. of you know anything about. And uh-huh. you're all full of shit. And <laughs> there's this real shit happening over here. And so which you know, part of Florida was it like Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, okay, exactly. got it. Because that's the area I've gone to the yeah. most, but I don't know like the Gulf Coast or like any of that. You know, those other no, parts. It was you know, like so. it was like North Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, thought, yeah. It just wasn't super hip at all. Right, you know? right, right, right. It really, it was just I was like the hippie, you know. Uh-huh. At my school was like the only one. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was quite like that. Yeah, at that time it was 90. Three ninety four. Uh huh. You know, there wasn't like there was nothing going on around there. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. When I visited, there was a Grateful Dead tribute, Crazy Fingers. It seemed like everyone. Uh, I grew knew. up seeing them. Yeah, that was even that was like forty five an hour north of where I grew up. Okay. And it, you kind of, it was like, and that didn't start blowing up until kind of right before I left. Okay. In like ninety six. After Jerry died. After Jerry died. Right. It really blew up. Got it. And that became this like little haven. And then they shut that down a few years later, I think. Oh. It was at the spot, like the wharf. It was like this big, beautiful spot that they played out on the beach. And I just shut that shit down. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible associations with Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have have the greatest time growing up there, especially like counterculturally. Right. I follow you. Yeah. But now I go back to visit. I'm like, fuck, man. I get it. I get it. As an old man. Uh-huh. I'm like, I could live here, you know? Uh, yeah, could, right, right. Yeah. yeah, certainly different parts of it, you know? There's like yeah. a lot of different culture, depending on where you are in Florida, it seems yeah. like. Um, so, yeah, let's, you know, get into the nitty-gritty. You mentioned the Grateful Dead. You mentioned Jerry. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've been hearing your plan for quite a while. And you got guys like Grant Green in there. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone through some phases. Uh-huh. I've gone through some, like, I never studied jazz. Mm-hmm. Like... 
I don't, I wouldn't say that like anything super jazzy is my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but all the like soul jazz shit, like funk organ trio mm-hmm. jazz mm-hmm. crossover. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Right. Like, later. Yeah. Like, yeah. And all that Grant Green, like live at the lighthouse stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So when I first moved to Santa Cruz, I want, I really wanted to start playing music and I really wanted to put a band together and mm-hmm. I just kind of, put together this organ trio called on the spot trio right and um it was kind of modeled after like soul live and mmw and and like that kind of i could see that you know funk danceable jazz yeah whatever you right, want to right, call right 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 it was like this kind of second coming of soul jazz they were all on blue note records still it was still like considered jazz but it was like there was hip-hop and a lot of funk in there and mm. but like super jazzy melodies and chord changes and shit and um mm-hmm. i really wanted to play music like that so i kind of and then diving into that kind of stuff exposed me to the original dudes who did that stuff like grant green and jimmy smith and right like jimmy mcgriff i remember listening to a lot of like organ trio shit. Mm-hmm. and um and i really like developed kind of like uh I really love that stuff. Yeah. It was like a five year stint of my life where I was like, that was all I was listening to. It was like, that's what I wanted to sound like. Mm -hmm. But I could never really, like, I could never really sound like those people. I just, yeah, it was like, I I don't know. I could never really not be myself. Right. You know what I mean? So I'd like take a little piece of something that I heard. I wasn't really a transcriber. I could never really like, straight up copy people's solos mm-hmm. they're like oh, i think he's doing something like this and right it's like incorporate whatever i wrongly thought that was into my guitar playing and developed a weird vocabulary of my own you know okay but there's a lot of green green in there for sure yeah but well you know i don't know why i, I know why i threw that name out yeah. there but yeah um and uh and i knew that you know kraz was a big influence right yeah he was he, he was a big influence. Yeah, right. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Is like, that right? Yeah, like, yeah, I think seeing, like, early on, seeing, he was kind of like the first guitar hero that I had that I could actually, like, go talk to at shows. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the other dudes I was seeing were, like, really heavy jazz cats, and then they were, like, at jazz clubs, and they'd disappear behind the curtain after the show and it was like you didn't try to go talk to them right you know what i mean but like i'd run into crowds at like jazz fest in new orleans and talk to him for a while and i knew al pretty well and so i got a real i don't know i got to be like pretty close friends with him mm-hmm. before he asked me to be in his band and all that shit. it was like we had this great rapport always really okay he was always down to like help what I felt was like the little cats out, you know what I mean? Like the guys like me trying to be like him, he'd kind of give me advice and guidance and I've learned a lot from him. And then I mean, to the point where he asked you to be in his band. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Eventually it led to that. Right. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Well, you know, when I think of him and, and, you know, pretty much any of my favorite players, I think of phrasing and tone. You know, and yeah, and I always think that, you know, the characteristic that that I'm always looking for is people that have their own signature voice on the instrument. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because so many guys can shred all over a guitar, but a lot of times you can't tell one from the other. Yes. You know, and that's, uh, you know, I know you're a fan of Derek Trucks. Mm -hmm. And didn't you get to open for him? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah, Alan Evans Trio. Actually, at the time, it was Alan Evans' play-on brother. It was like kind of a more, just a rock and roll iteration of Alan Evans Trio, which was more of like a fun, the soul jazz kind of organ trio stuff. It, <laughs> and we started playing like, Hendrixy rock and roll kind of oh, shit. Oh, okay, gotcha. And it just changed the whole music changed. So he kind of changed the name to match it. And uh, so it became Alan Evans Play On Brother. And we did, I think, we did like five nights opening for Tedeschi Trucks band. Those oh. were some of the last shows we played before that band kind of disbanded. Okay. But it was so fucking beautiful, man. It was yeah. like playing these beautiful theaters. Mm hmm opening up for those guys, I which bet. every night being able to stand there and watch just the most beautiful music ever, you know? How about that? Oh man, that was beautiful. Yeah, did right. you get to sit in with them at all or? No, man, There's a, I have a funny story about that. I, I thought you did for some reason, yeah. The first night, of, <laughs> this is like something that still like eats at me. <laughs> um, the first night yeah. of that run, I had known Falcon, the drummer for Tedeschi Trucks Band, uh -huh. through like my older brother. I, I met him when I was like 14. Those weird circumstances. Okay. Northern Florida. <laughs> it was just the whole other side tangent. But okay. we put it together the first night of that run. Like, oh my God, you're Andy's brother. Dude, I remember you hanging out at my place in Pensacola. And we put this whole thing together and Derek kind of heard the whole thing. It was like, oh yeah, we were jamming. This kid, so I've known this kid since he was 14. And Derek was like, oh man, you've been playing? Yeah, come, you should come jump in tonight. And I remember being like, huh. I felt all the blood rush out of my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, okay, man. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I would fucking love to. Uh huh. And then I was pretty tight with their guitar tech too, with, with Bobby T's. Uh -huh, and yeah, I remember yeah. like Derek's tech, long time guitar tech, one uh -huh. of the best in the business. Uh -huh. And I remember going up to him and being like, Derek asked me to sit in. I must have looked like such an idiot. Mm. I was like, Derek asked me to sit in. Uh, dude, uh, I, I got to bring my pedals out. Like, I can't just go out there and sit in with these guys with just a strat through a twin, you know? Like, I need my pedals, man. Right. And he just kind of was like, gave me this look like, yeah, we don't usually do pedals with sit-ins. Oh, like, oh. You, you might just have to go right to the amp. And I just was like, oh man, is there any way we can get my pedals out there? Uh -huh. And then I could just tell he was just like, no, this isn't happening. Oh. And then it just never happened. Damn. And then we did four more nights with those guys. And every night he'd be like, sounded good. Derek, like literally I'd walk up stage, but it sounded good tonight, man. And I'd be like, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sit in so bad. You asked me and it like never happened. And it just never happened. Damn. And I feel like I just like nerded myself out so bad being like, please put my pedals out there. I need my pedals. And. Well, Which, I guess in particular with Derek, because he doesn't use any. Is that what you just mean? Like, yeah, and just like it was, I feel like those dudes are like, either show up and you do what you do, and like that you, that's just how it is. Or like, like you don't need pedals. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like this, I felt like very amateur at that point. Like now I would have been like, I wouldn't, can, I wouldn't even think to ask. I'd just be like, yeah, man, sure. And then I would have gone out there and plugged into the amp if that's what they had for me or... I'm Probably sure it just was. turned it all the way up. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like, I just know more now about how to handle different situations. Then I was like, 
this nerdy little, like, I had no idea what to do. Derek asked me to fucking sit. It was like, I, I, I felt like my pedals were like my safety net. You know? Oh, yeah, it's your just, tone. It's your sound. Tone, I get I just, you. Yeah, right. And I just tripped out about it. It's like, I got to get my pedals out there. I got to get my pedals out there. Am I going to Are they going to bring them out in the middle of the song? Like, is it going to be? I just didn't know. I just didn't know anything about how any of that shit works. Right. Well, I get it because you know it's mean? like, well, they're just giving me like a clean palette to work with, but I got to, you know, put my sound through there. Especially, right? yeah. like, I just felt so deeply insecure playing next to a dude like Derek. Right, right. And right, I just yeah. was like, I can't go out like that. <laughs> I can't go play clean little Strat sound. You know what I mean? Like, but now I definitely would. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, well, I you'd rather have the memory to play than not play, I guess. Even you know? like, I just feel like I've learned enough about like how to play a fucking guitar since then you know right, what i mean that, right. like well you sounded pretty good back then i'm sure i'm but, sure yeah, but yeah. it was like yeah. it just was a mentality thing totally you know yeah i think yeah. more than anything i i've talked to him before about bobby tease yeah he's so awesome he is man but yeah. you know and he was saying how he has to check the voltage in every room oh, you yeah. know and, and swap tubes out and get yeah. things just right and you know um, it's crazy. I've been playing through one of these, these uh, newfangled twins with no tubes in there, and, and it's unbelievable. Oh, the solid state. The Tone Masters. They weigh like nothing, and they're variable. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people are using them now, yeah. and it's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, they, they weigh less, or they're more reliable, and, uh, you know, and, and, so and they, they've dialed them in now. Like, you know, the Cyber Series, they had the digital screen and the whole mm. thing. I never got into that. But this, you get the amp, and it's just that amp dialed in, you know, whether it's right. a deluxe reverb or whatever it might be. I've been so. hearing good things about them. Yeah. I might have to venture over. A lot of clubs are using them for, like, their um, backline yep. amps. You know, like City Winery have one. Right. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Solid state, can't really. Yeah, but like, you know, I came up in the blue and playing around a lot of blues players in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and they were, you know, tone snobs, vintage tone, yeah. tube, everything. And some mm -hmm. of those guys have even become converts to these newer quilters. And, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I know they've yeah. gotten pretty good these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the last time I was in the Sam Ash, the guy was talking about how he doesn't even bring an amp anymore. And he just brings his laptop and has one of you know. Jesus Christ! And it's like, it's probably true. I bet his tone is really good, but I, you know, something about playing through an amp, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like in live settings, there's, there's no like replacing that. Yeah. I've had to play gigs where I'm like, I don't have an amp, and I just go through the monitor, and it just sounds like direct into a board. It's, yeah, know, it's no, like, I know it's weird. Definitely, you know, I know there's processors and all the things these days, but yeah. I think John Kay, you know, that's, that's the way he rolls. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so you're getting back out on the road again, like pretty soon. Playing some yeah, gigs. Yeah, man. Star Kitchen kind of just put out, we just announced, what's today, Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. We just announced like a little five night run. That's, uh, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. I, I, I've seen you guys. Sounds great, man. It's a good Thanks, mix of musicians. How did that all come about? Wow. Uh, <laughs> it really came about because Brownstein's kids and my kids are friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. And so my son, Jaden, or I can't even remember if it was Jaden, one of my kids was hanging out at his house a lot. Uh -huh. And being like, oh, my dad plays guitar too. And 
Oh. Hey, what's he play? Was he in, it's like, oh, he plays in Eric Krasno's band. Oh, oh like and you guys didn't even know didn't each even other? Didn't even know each other. Oh, okay. At all. Oh, okay. Like, I never even listened to the Biscuits, oh. like, ever in my life. Oh, like, my not God. Even for, like, a second. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea. I just That's didn't. Hilarious. It just wasn't, like, on my radar I, at all. Yeah, I didn't necessarily see you as a huge fan, but I didn't know it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah, I, don't know. I had zero uh, knowledge about that entire world, which is wild right by the way yeah um, yeah yeah but so anyways my son kept kind of being like yeah my dad's a musician and he plays in eric krasen's band and brownie was like he's a fucking guitar player plays in Kraz's band he must be good right and whatever and then he started kind of like he came to one of my kids baseball games and ended up sitting next to me being like hey i'm brownstein uh I want to start playing funk music. And I hear you're a great funk guitar player and we should, you want to hang out. Right. And I just like that. Just like that. Yep. And my kid's baseball game. Uh-huh. Like a little league baseball game. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's the phase of life we're in yeah, now, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Well, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, man. And then like, yeah, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I think I went to his house and we played along to some like Aretha Franklin records or something. Oh. I just kind of started going and hanging and playing uh-huh. along to stuff. And then Rob... Beautiful dude, Rob Marsher, uh, the keyboard player for Star Kitchen, had, I think, like months before me and Mark started hanging out, had just moved to like Berwyn, okay. Wayne area. Okay, yeah. And um, I met him through Jen Hartswick. I would sit in with her band sometimes. Oh my God, she's the best. Yeah. But I'd sit in with her band sometimes, and he was in her band. He was a key- keyboard player in her band. Uh-huh. And so when I found out he was living out here, I was like, Mark, we got it. We got to get Rob in the mix. And then it turned out Rob's old band had opened for the Biscuits, like his high school band or something, okay. 20s, whatever, years ago, uh-huh. had opened for Mark's band in Boston. And they had already known each other. It was like, Marsha from Addison Groove Project. Are you kidding me? You know, and it was like, it just kind of fell in. Yep. And then uh, finding a drummer was kind of challenging. We like, I think we auditioned maybe like, it was weird. Like auditioning drummers, which okay. I've never been. I've never been in a situation where like, oh, we get to go and jam with the guys. Like, thanks so much. We'll call you. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. It is a <laughs> little I mean? awkward. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just was so strange. But right. we did a few of those, and uh-huh. then Marlon came, and then I within like I don't know minutes. Like okay. I remember Rob, the B three was like kind of tucked in some corner, and Rob like had his back to everybody. And I think we just stopped in the middle of the song and Rob just kind of said, so you busy for the next year or so or something? It was just like, we just wanted, Marlon just tied the whole thing together. Oh, got it. And uh, yeah, man. And then, I don't know, Mark started putting a little energy into it and it just kind of took off for a couple of years. And then the pandemic hit and everything just kind of stopped. How about that? That was crazy. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) <laughs> the last big show. I don't know if you might have caught it, but you know the Almonds played with you know the the the, the last version at right. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the brothers thing. Right? Yeah, man. And yeah. I was like going to go, and because then we were like practically giving tickets away. Um, but then everyone was like, there was all this fear surrounding COVID. I'm like, I don't know if we should go. But I watched it. And yeah. it, was, it was a pretty incredible show. 
Unbelievable show. Yeah, yeah. man. And that way they tied it in full circle. They had Reese Winans on keys, which I don't know if you know that whole part of the story. But I don't. So he was the keyboard player, really, while Greg was like, while Dwayne was forming the Allman Brothers uh, in the South, um, Reese Winans was playing the keys. And then once all the pieces fell into place, because Dwayne and Greg went out to LA to do this record company thing and they started to, you know, tell them how to cut their hair. And yeah. Look. And yeah. Dwayne's like, I'm out yeah. of here. See you later. <laughs> yeah. But Greg stayed out there and then Dwayne put the band together and uh, he was like, all right, Greg. And then they, Reese Winans got the boot. <laughs> so having him at, Ma at Madison Square Garden was pretty deep. Wow, man. That yeah. is some full circle shit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did know it, but then when that happened, I like read up on wow. it. But yeah. That's super cool, man. It was, yeah, it was a cool show. But um, since you mentioned pedals and stuff like that, like, do you take a different approach depending on who you're playing with? Do you kind of go the same way? Oh, that's a really good question, man. I, that's so funny. I was thinking about that the other day. Okay. I, I kind of have had this board dialed in for a while now. And I kind of do the same shit no matter what scenario I'm in. Okay. And I was, but the music varies. So obviously you adjust playing wise. But yeah, I, I think I, I adjust just depending on what the vibe of the song is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. But like, I don't ever swap pedals in and out depending on what band I'm playing in. Or okay. Like, it's just, that's my board. I may not use the envelope filter as much on like, <laughs> you right. know, like, I don't know, one of these Ocean Avenue Stompers gigs. It's like very New Orleans based brass band music. Right. It's not very jammy envelope filter psychedelic shit got it even though i can't seem to get away from that so i tr i bleed it in a little bit you know i always use like a lot of delay and reverb and uh -huh. a sub octave or something even in those situations and kind of you know after like a few tight horn solos or like a really like tight keyboard solo and put on some delay and and gotcha. all of a sudden it like takes a trippy turn, even if it's like a straight funk tune. Or right, you put a, a little something extra yeah. on there. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, I seem to like, <laughs> I seem to do that no matter what, <laughs> maybe to a fault, you know, uh, but it's like. That's part of your sound. It though. is, it's something that I was kind of like, I really love just bending a note and allowing the delay to just take off with it. You know, it's like, and just keeps going. Okay. And then I'll stop it before another phrase. But I have this expression pedal that's just, I'm leaning on that thing all the time. Which one is it? It's the El Capistan or, or the the um, Strymon. Strymon, yeah, got it. Uh -huh. yeah, they make a couple, but it's I think El Capistan, I think is what it is. Stan or Strand? Stan. Uh-huh. And this, the but I've never had a delay with an expression pedal hooked up until this thing. Okay. And really being able to like control that uh -huh. is fucking phenomenal. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to check that out. That, that's good to hear. It's yeah. so trippy. It's like uh -huh. you can, because to be totally honest, um, like one of my favorite things to do in the studio is just edit shit and like really mess with delays and delay swells and like, able to grab one note and make it just blossom into this feedback loop kind uh -huh. of thing and 
And now I can kind of do, kind of do the same thing live with this pedal. Nice. It, it's, it's the most fun I have with effects. When did you say. blend it into your board? Maybe like two, three years ago, okay. I would say. Okay. I really, the, I've had the delay pedal for a while, uh -huh. but the expression pedal edition, I think was like, yeah, two, two and a half, three years ago. It just kind of, it's the, the I got it from the dude from Krongbin. Oh, um, I okay. saw them I'm... like on Jam Cruise. Okay. And was really like checking the dude out. And he's kind of a genius the way he uses a wah and this delay pedal. Okay. And he just, that's, it just has this thing. Oh, you didn't literally get it from him. No, right? I, just was, I, like, <laughs> right. I was like, holy, he's using it in right. a really beautiful way. Uh -huh. That's not super like uh, annoying. Or like invasive to what's happening. So whose expression pedal is it? Also oh, it's a Strymon? No, it's just a regular boss. Oh, okay. Cheap expression pedal. Oh, I think okay. Rob Marshall actually just gave it to me. He was like, you should <laughs> okay. you should try this. Uh, okay. That's what he's doing. And I was like, yeah, I need an expression pedal. I think I got one and it wasn't the right one. And he was like, you should try this one. Uh -huh. And then it just has been on my board ever since. Nice. So yeah, thanks Rob. Wherever you are, <laughs> changed everything for me. And what for what kind of amp are you playing through? Man, um, I have my good friend Wayne owns Headstrong amps. Okay. It's this dude Wayne Morley. Okay. Headstrong, they're just like really solid Fender based amps. Okay. And so I'm playing his. Um, mine's a little weird custom. It's one called the Little King, which is a basically a Princeton. Uh -huh. And then he does a little low, king. Low wattage, good, low good wattage. Break up. Yeah. And right. like that that Princeton circuit. Uh-huh. And um and then he does a little King S, which is like, you know, Princeton's 15 watts and a 10 inch speaker. Uh -huh. And then he does the little King S, which is a beefed up Princeton. So it's 25 watts and a 12 instead of a 10 inch speaker. Okay. And it's kind of like the perfect balance for me. And mine he calls like the jumbo because he put it in a bigger cab than he normally does. Okay. So it's, give it uh, more resonance or yeah. something. Okay. And dude, I just I haven't played another amp since I got this thing. Okay. Just kind of. It's the second one I've had. I sold. I sold the first one a long time when I joined Al's band. We were so loud that this thing just could not keep up. Oh so, wow. Yeah. So I ended up selling it uh -huh. and getting like a twin, or, you know, because it was the only. Nothing. So, yeah, there's and, not going to be many bands yeah. that'll drown out a twin. Right. Yeah. And, right. and I always miss that amp. Always. They are great, man. Yeah. It's such a nice, clean palette to work yeah. with on a twin. You have yeah. to really go wrong. Oh, the, I'm just talking to Princeton. Like, oh, 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 going oh. through the, the twin, which you're right. Absolutely. 100% right. Uh -huh. But like, I always miss that. Oh, that yeah. Little, the the headstrong. It, it, it got drowned out by yeah. yeah. And then when I that band ended, I was like, oh. I can play one of these things again. Gotcha. And dude, I'm telling you, this 25 watt amp is like fucking loud. Right. You're right it's right, so right. deeply loud. I'm like, <laughs> it's too loud for me most of the time. And it's 25 watts. Right. I'm like, I have it, you know, turned down a lot of times. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you know, Steal Your Peach is 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 got uh, it's quite loud on stage. So mm -hmm. um, it's something that we struggle with a little bit because 
you know, you don't want to only hear your guitar sound through the wedge. Yeah. You know, well, I could just turn the wedge up, and then your whole sound and tone is coming through that, and you don't want that. So. It's such a struggle sometimes. Yeah. That sweet finding that sweet spot. Yeah. You, you know. sat in with us. I, I I didn't forget, but that was like with Ron Holloway, who we're getting ready to play with nice. in a couple of weeks again. Nice, yeah. And that was, I think, Eyes of the World or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. We have to it's do that fun. again. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, man. Uh, you're a soulful player, man. So, I Thanks, mean, dude. yeah. So, like, you know, are other... One other guy I guess on the scene that I that I kind of would put in a similar sound is, and that I'm a big fan of, is um Eddie Roberts from the New Master Sounds. Mm -hmm. you, you like like them at all? That's, yeah, 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 dude. Eddie's a good friend of mine. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, he's on a Star Kitchen track. Oh, he's nice. On, um, yeah, we released two tunes on Color Red. He's got a record label, Color Red. Okay. And um, they're crushing. Uh -huh. And Star Kitchen put out two singles with them, God, before the pandemic. So oh. at least three years ago at this point, right? Two, three years ago? Uh, it was 2020, yeah. So yeah, three like, years. Time is so strange to me. It could have been three years. It could have been yesterday. Anyways, I know before the mean. pandemic. Yeah. And uh, Eddie takes a beautiful solo on, on a Star Kitchen track. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, but I've sat in with New Master Sounds a bunch and okay. did a couple little runs with those dudes and they're all like really sweet dudes. Real sweet right? dudes, yeah. yeah. They've had Lamar Williams singing with them too, which is a pretty good fit, it seems like, man. Yeah, it it's like <clears throat> one of those things that on paper might not make too much sense, but then you hear it and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, he sounds fucking good with them. I think so. Yeah. Totally. And they kind of needed... I think, you know, <laughs> I think being in a band for like, they've been around for a long time. Right. And when you get like two decades in with the same group of people, you, you need some like fresh blood to change up the dynamic a little bit. You know what I mean? And so I think like having a front man, like who can really like do the thing, you know, Lamar is incredible. Yeah, yeah, you know for I mean? sure. And so yeah. having a dude like that, with those dudes, I think they all kind of were like, okay, we can now unite as a backing band for for this guy, you know what I mean? Rather than like falling into the same kind of dynamics after a long time, it could get stale, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of that, you have another new project that you're talking about. Yeah, man, yeah. Um, that was kind of out of necessity in a way. <clears throat> I kind of, um, I was really trying to make another push for on the spot trio, which has kind of been like this beautiful band that just kind of exists in my life for almost 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, started in Santa Cruz and, um, but the keyboard player is kind of blown up a little bit and has been really busy. Mm. And so he's not available to do as much as me and the drummer we're hoping to be able to do and we kind of really what it came we got a couple gig offers and um one of them is this really nice um phil lesh and friends pre-show at garcia's on saint patrick's day and oh I felt sweet. like i didn't really want to turn that down mm -hmm. you know but keep uh chris yunker from on the spot trio wasn't available to do it so i was like let's put a fucking band together 
And so I got Nate Edgar, who's uh, from Nth Power. Okay. And uh, just one of my favorite bass players ever. Six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk about tone and feel. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. Um, Mm -hmm. So we got him on bass, same drummer, Andrew Klein from On The Spot Trio. who's an incredible Afrobeat drummer. And then we got Cyrus Madden on keys for these couple gigs. We have uh, another like private one the night before the, on the 16th, the night before St. Patrick's Day. Like it's like a private beer club kind of thing. Okay. In Ketona, New York. Okay. Um, So we have like two shows and I just put this band together for these shows and we're calling it Great Eastern Sun. Great Eastern Sun. Yeah. And um, we've never all been in a room together. So we'll fucking see. Right. Sounds like. Right, right, right. I'm sure it'd be great. It'd be awesome. That's the (laughs) way to do it, man. I put it, I put, I kind of like put it together based on people who I just really love playing with. Makes sense. You know, it's like, I really love playing with all these dudes. Uh huh. But never all played together before. So. And you don't, you don't really ever sing, right? I don't, man. Yeah. Okay. I really don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not a whole nother instrument. You know, not everyone could play and sing. Derek doesn't sing. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, you know, um, but uh, there's another guy you had a connection with and maybe even sat in with. I'm a fan of his Marcus King, right? Oh, God. That yeah. guy can sing. Yeah. He can sing, man. Dude, he's ridiculous. That yeah. Out- oh, man. Yeah. 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 Was it you who were telling me you, you like cross paths with him at some like house party or gathering in New Orleans or somewhere down south or maybe it was someone else? Yeah. The first time I met Marcus <laughs> was terrible, honestly. It was, it, for me, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Alan Evans trio was, t- <laughs> we were on like one of those never ending tours and we were in Greensboro. South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. There might be one in each. I'm not Dude, sure. Okay. Honestly, yeah. could have been either. And Marcus was the opening band. The opening band for Alan Evans Trio. Right. He wow. Was, at the time, he was 16 years old. Okay. And they were like, we got to the venue. We loaded in sound check. Everyone in the venue was like, you're, you're this kid, Marcus? Everyone who worked there. <laughs> Like, oh, you're the guitar player? You heard this kid, Marcus? He's 16. He That's sounds, hilarious. Sings like Warren Haynes, plays like Derek Trucks. Oh That's what God. everyone kept saying. I oh was like, God. and I, literally, I was like, yeah, whatever. As I remember thinking, like, yeah, sure. 16-year-old <laughs> kid, like, whatever. Right. And then they got there, and they loaded in and sound checked. And um, shit you not, me and Al was both sats around keys at the time. Uh-huh. And we were just, I think we were just sitting eating and, like, talking and they started sound checking and i think all three of us just kind of like couldn't even eat anymore it was just it was, like forks dropped like all of us were just bugged out yeah how good this kid sounded yeah like he was already like masterful at 16 years right old. i believe it yeah. like unfucking believable yeah, he's and precise, so, man. Yeah, yeah he, right. Yeah. Like melted my face, and then it was like, yeah. now it's your turn to go <laughs> play. Right, right. And I remember being like, what am I gonna do now? Like, what am, what am I gonna do with this little thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy just, yeah, at sixteen, just made me look so bad. And you know what he's mean? got like friends and family oh in the building God. on right. top of it, right? right. Yeah, so it was, dude, it was just unbelievable. 
yeah well he's got he does have kind of you know kind of it all a good songwriter good singer so you know i kind of watched him just you know take off yeah just really take off over the last few years it's really really awesome yeah yeah he deserves it yeah he absolutely deserves it yeah yeah he's a special talent yeah so um Great Eastern Sun, for all you know, could just be this this few shows, and that's that. I have a feeling it'll be more than that. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. I have a feeling there'll be some more shit. Yeah, nice. yeah, and it's like um, it's a like pretty heavy Afrobeat influenced kind of stuff. Antibalas, it's a, yeah. like a sound that I think of. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like it, it's no horns. Right, right. But it's like those kind of. I love that, man. Klein, yeah. our drummer, is like a, he played in a band called Big Mean Sound Machine. Okay. And they were like a, I don't know, I want to say nine or 11 piece Afrobeat band. Okay. And um, he is so good at that shit. Like. It almost never gets old, man. You know, right. I, I can listen to it all day, you know. Right. right. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like fuse that Afrobeat, those like kind of grooves uh -huh. with more like a, James Brown bass lines and like rhythm guitar parts. That sounds pretty killer. Because the, they're so closely related, really. Right, right. It's like, I can't really tell you how or why, but there's just, it's like right there. Well, it's like yeah. that whole thing that Derek does, the Swamp Raga and how he tied in the blues with the Eastern, like the Indian right. classical And sound. it makes perfect sense. It does. And you can hear how it makes perfect sense. It's deep, man. Right. Yeah. 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 It is. That's that's something that I've always loved him, because you know, I mean, even on his earliest albums where he does like Mr. PC on Sly guitar, which like before him, who was even thinking to do something like that yeah. on Sly, you know, yeah, um, he would play like a one chord blues, you know, like a Sun House one chord blues, and mm -hmm. just melt faces, you mm -hmm. know, so he could take it way out there, and yeah, you know, really showing where it came from. I exactly. guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You know? oh, he's really good at that. That's what I'm mean. really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that we connected in this way. Me too, man. Um, Been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, uh, you know, we're, we're like neighbors nowadays. I know. I know. So that's cool. It took me a total of six minutes to get here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good to hear. Mm -hmm. No traffic in no between. Traffic. <laughs> <laughs> no traffic. No traffic. <laughs> good stuff. So, um you know, Star Kitchen uh, is playing Ardmore soon. What, yeah, what's man. the date on that one? 420, a high holiday. Can't forget that Can't one. Can't forget that. Shit, I have a gig. Do you? Damn. Yeah, yeah. At Sherry Punjab, which you have to check out. It's a fun place, man. You should Where even play that? there. It's an Indian restaurant. On the, the, the person and the family that owns it are great people and they love music and musicians. They own two buildings. So one building is an Indian restaurant. The other building he put in a stage with a sound system and he gets like all different kinds of music. Where, where is it? It's in media. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's a neat spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On. yeah. So uh, all kinds of different music and good, good players go there. And it's, and it's like, it's pretty good to see. And he wow. treats the musicians well. If you, if you like Indian food, I'll, I'll take care of Indian food, yeah, man. So that's where I'm on 420. But everyone else should go to the Ardmore Music Hall mm -hmm. for Star Kitchen, for sure. we and, got some special uh, guests on that one. We have Jen Hartswick and... Um, wow. Yeah, some local incredible crushers sitting in. It'll be a fun night. She is incredible, man. Yeah. Trombone. And what else does she plays like? Trumpet. 
Oh, trumpet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's her um Natalie's, Natalie's the trumpet. trumpet. Yeah. Trumpet. yeah. Right. Jen sings like oh my god, she's yeah. She's she's one of my favorite musicians and human beings in the world. She's one of the nice. sweetest people ever. Yeah. Happy to have her always. And you think like you and Kraz may connect again sometime down there? He's playing. Uh, he's playing at Ardmore Music Hall on the tenth. I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Um. And we. He's staying at my house at night. We're. Oh. Yeah. Nice. We're boys. We're boys still. I may. I may pop in on a song or two. Right on for that one, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Cool, man. Well, we got to have you up with Steal Your Peach again soon. Anytime, man. All right, brother. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me, man. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, that will uh, conclude episode nine of uh, Mainline Beyond with Mark Singer. Uh, Next guest on Monday is my friend EJ Simpson, Um, local Philadelphia musician. A lot of people know he's multi-instrumentalist, been in lots of bands. He has some cool stuff coming up, including his yearly one-man show of the Jesus Christ Superstar, which is pretty impressive. Um, All these shows are brought to you by my business, ilovemarksinger.com. I am also a realtor. If anyone you know out there has any questions about, uh, you know, how to buy or sell a home, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, It's something that, you know, I have a passion for. I want to help people. It'd be great to see, you know, look back in a few years and see a whole lot lot of friends that, uh, you know, I was able to help out in that fashion. So, Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you Monday at seven with EJ Simpson and uh, you all have a great week. Thanks again for tuning in to the main line and beyond with Mark Singer. Next week's guest is multi-instrumentalist, my friend EJ Simpson, who has a lot going on, including a new record that is coming out very soon. As always, all shows are brought to you by ilovemarksinger.com, your local neighborhood realtor and go-to. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please don't hesitate to reach out. All shows are Monday at 7 p.m., so we will reconvene this Monday with EJ Simpson, and thanks again for tuning in.